Green Side, the IGA podcast. Also, Mike McCoy, the 2013 USA. Johnson, now a two-time major champion after becoming the winner of the 144th Open Championship. All right, welcome to Greenside, the IGA podcast. Clint Brown here with you. Got Brian Hickey, golf maintenance manager at Palmer Hills Golf Course in Bettendorf. And Paul Miller of Paul Miller Designs uh, specializes in golf course design and construction projects, including uh, work at Otter Creek and uh, Hyperion Field Club, to name a few here locally. Guys, how are we doing? Doing great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, appreciate uh, you guys coming on. Uh, Got some exciting stuff happening over at uh, Palmer Hills. Uh, I'll just let you guys kind of tell me kind of how things got started with uh, with the putting course and that project, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, Paul, you wanna do you wanna lead us off, Paul? Uh, sure. And I'll just give a little bit of background of sort of how I've been engaged, and then I'll let Brian talk specifically about some of the project motivation and what the city of Bendorf wanted to accomplish at Palmer Hills and what Brian has really facilitated in that process. I've been uh, working at Palmer Hills doing consulting for golf, the golf course design for about 20 or 25 years. So a significant amount of time. I grew up in the city of Bendorf. So it's a great connection for me that I'm working in my hometown at a course that opened in 1974, two years before I graduated from high school. I've had the opportunity to work with great superintendents at Palmer Hills, starting with Brad Peterson and then Tim Johansson and now Brian. So it's just been a real pleasure and a feather in my cap to be connected and have great opportunities. City of Bettendorf is hugely committed to public golf and to their facility and to providing Brian and his staff with the resources to do really amazing things. Uh, And that's shown in, I believe, 10 years consecutively. They have been the favorite golf course of the Quad City area in a local poll. So uh, their product really speaks for itself. So, you know, again, just been a great collaboration uh, with the city of Bendorf and Brian personally is a very good friend of mine and I've really enjoyed working with him. And with that, I'll kind of turn it over to Brian in terms of some of the specifics of the projects and what motivated them and some of his background. Thanks, Paul. Um, yeah, Clint, uh, you know, when I got here um, in 2014, um, I had, met with the city administrator, Decker Plain, uh, who's still with us today in that same role. Uh, and he wanted me to, he's like, think outside the box, Brian. He's like, um, this golf course, there's nothing wrong with it in the way it is. Um, but we'd like to somehow move the needle and really move it forward, uh, with what we're doing here. Uh, so, you know, I worked for a few months, uh, kind of got to know the property a little bit more and came back to him with, with some ideas, um, as far as what we could do to make the golf course 
um, more playable um, for all skill levels and to try to grow the game of golf. Um, so some of the projects Paul's been involved with here is we've done new bunkering uh, at the golf course, renovated all the bunkers on the golf course uh, now in 10 years. Uh, we've done a lot of forward tee boxes. Um, so that's made the golf course. It was always known as like a championship style golf course, uh, but it was actually too difficult for um, more senior golfers, for women, for children. Uh, so it was pretty obvious to me, we needed to build forward tee boxes. Uh, it has tremendously, we were, we were doing about 27, 28,000 rounds of golf when I got here. Uh, we're over 40,000 rounds this year. Um, and that's been pretty consistent the last few years. Some of that's probably COVID, uh, but a lot of it also is we've made the golf course more playable. So, um, and then, so those were some of the on-course changes we made. Some of the other things that we were looking to do was how can we get more golf clubs into the non-traditional golfer? Um, so um, I had worked out in the state of Oregon and been at Bandon Dunes and stuff like that, some of those places. And some of these high-end resorts have putting courses and par three courses. So those were two things that I listed that I really wanted to do at Palmer Hills. And we have plans um, for both of those uh, then got developed by Paul Miller. Um, we decided to do the putting course first. Um, and uh, so that putting course, our thought process was we can get the non-traditional golfer out here to Palmer Hills and get them enjoying the game of golf even if they can't maybe no longer can swing a golf club, play 18 holes, everybody can putt. And, uh, you know, it's been so far, um, it's been great having, seeing families out here, seeing grandkids with grandparents out here. Uh, we've got, it still attracts the really good golfer. Um, Paul's design is extremely challenging. We can make it as difficult uh, of a putting course as you'd ever want to play. Uh, we can also, you know, he put made sure to put in there uh, nice flat ground uh, to be able to put pinnable uh, spots in there as well for some putts off of some big slopes. So, uh, yeah, so that's kind of a little bit of a synopsis of, you know, kind of what how we got here to to this point. Paul, are you seeing courses, you know, interested in, in these type? I'm going to call it short courses, the par threes. You know, you might have a par four kicked in you know, here and there, but as far as just, you know, golf takes some time and, and people, you know, might not always have four hours to, to go out and play, but, you know, they can come out to the, what I'm going to call the short course or the putting course. And, you know, it also kind of, you know, it feeds into that family atmosphere too, doesn't it? Right. And and we definitely are seeing that Clint, that there's a lot of new projects that are putting courses that are par three courses, shorter courses, and a lot of times those are complementary to the facilities. And like Brian mentioned, there's good examples, uh, Bandon Dunes and, and, you know, really high-end projects that have these mm -hmm. great amenities that really complement what the golf course is about. But also when you look at it's not new, I mean, a, a lot of people know the Himalayas course at 
St. Andrews, and and that's 156 years old. So the traditions of the game do include alternative type golf facilities. And Brian mentioned about families being able to really play the same course. So one of the great things of a putting course or short courses is you don't have a huge discrepancy in skill levels so that somebody needs to play the course at 7,000 yards and, you know, a, a younger, newer golfer plays it at 5,000 yards and you're just never really playing the same course. Mm-hmm. And at the Forge, you know, it's really wonderful to have people teeing off from the same spot. And it's amazing how fast kids pick up on the break and the speed of the of the putting course and really, you know, are fairly competitive pretty quickly. So it's fun to see that. It expands the offerings and really the goal and the mission statement of City of Bettendorf for their parks and golf course and for IJ or for uh, the Iowa Golf Association. You know, it's really to honor the game of golf and grow the game and the spirit of the game. So it's really in everybody's interest to provide these new opportunities. Certainly Top Golf has kind of changed the conversation in the last 10 years. And it's been exciting to participate in that and to see golf really come back strong and that these kinds of things bring new people to the game that maybe wouldn't have otherwise. And I've really appreciated Bettendorf's mission to do that. And particularly as Brian mentioned, Decker Plain being visionary and saying, let's do that at Palmer Hills and make it the best um, facility that we can have it be for our residents. And again, Brian's a huge part of that. John Waddell, you know, really their staff is committed to that and, and it's showing in the amount of rounds and the success that they're having, but also the quality of the course. When you have 40,000 rounds, that's not a given by any stretch. So really appreciate um, everything they do and and that this, this was something that they had in their long range visions. Guys, and I'll let you kind of, one of you can take this or, or both of you, you chime in. Just curious kind of on the, you know, design side, but also maybe some of the features that maybe Brian, you, you would like to, you wanted to have, or you had seen other places and trying to implement that into, you know, the, um, the space there at Palmer Hills. What, what's that kind of look like from a design side where you're basically just building, you know, a huge green that that's, you know, that is the putting course, as opposed to kind of all the other nuances that, you know, happen out on the, you know, the big course. Yeah, I mean, I can let, uh, I'll start, Paul, and then uh, I'm sure there's some uh, architectural knowledge that Paul will, Paul would like to add in there as well. But um, as far as uh, from my standpoint, um, you know, I, I had studied the Himalayas. I haven't been over there to play the Himalayas, like uh, Paul had mentioned the, that, that putting course earlier over in Scotland at St. Andrews. Uh, but for me, you know, I didn't want one large, giant, flat putting green. Uh, it's like we've got a couple putting greens already. Uh, we wanted to make it very unique um, so that 
it had lots of break, lots of challenge. Um, you know, I know from Paul's side, you know, getting it to be able to drain, um, you know, getting it, you know, all the things that uh, safety measures uh, to keep people safe uh, from the golf course. You know, there's lots of things that go into it. Um, you know, there was discussion during the design phase of making it smaller. And I advocated for, we don't want to make it smaller. We want to make it as big as we can make it. Um, one, we didn't know how many golfers we were going to get, how much wear and tear it was going to take. So we have um, still the ability to do more golfers than we're currently doing, I believe, um, and do it without wearing out the turf. Um, there's so many course configurations that we can do. Uh, it's almost 60,000 square feet. Okay. Um, so it has um, unlimited really possibilities on how we can, where we can set the tees up, uh, where we can set, you know, the pin locations. And, um, you know, so, you know, all that, um, you know, I kind of advocated to Paul multiple times, you know, um, to actually go a little bit larger with some of the features. So being, being able to build something really big gives you more space ability to raise mounds higher, put dips lower, uh, that type of thing, uh, to create more break, uh, and more challenge out there. So, um, is there a few things, you know, some, when you do that, when you have these extreme slopes, it does affect the maintenance of it, uh, being able to mow some of those slopes, uh, being able to keep water on them. Uh, so there are a few challenges that definitely go with the maintenance of, uh, of a putting course. Uh, but I think we continue to uh, learn, learn the nuances of our putting course, our maintenance staff. And then, uh, you know, uh, we continue to add some agronomic products uh, to help with like wetting agents and stuff like that on mounds uh, that continue to make it hopefully easier to maintain uh, as it continues to mature a little bit. Yeah, that's a, a great summary, Brian. You know, from the very start of working with Brian on different projects, it was a very collaborative process in terms of having the improvements maintainable, but really having having them being dynamic from a golfer's perspective. And one of the things I really appreciate about collaborating with Brian is that he really sees it as a golfer first. So he was never putting the brakes on what we were doing to say, I can't maintain that. If anything, he challenged, challenged me to make it, um, you know, more, have more character to it, where I would tend to be uh, maybe a little bit softer. So the process of designing the forge and how that was going to play was really you know, we want this to be a dynamic experience for people. So I feel like Brian did a great job of saying, are we doing enough to make this unique? And it's certainly not the Himalayas in terms of the bumps and, and movement, but it's got a lot of character. And, you know, you might have 25 feet of break on a 40 foot putt. So <laughs> in places there's there's plenty of stuff going on. And I, and I would add that we had a great contractor 
Landscapes Unlimited, who really worked with us. So certainly the design was set in place when they started, but the process, we looked for opportunities and uh, John Waddell and, and Brian and myself and really the team and Landscapes Unlimited just said, what can we do? Um, how do we, how are we going to make sure we're getting the character? So those tweaks that we made on site during construction were also valuable. And one of the things we did, it is 5,600 square feet or thereabouts, but we broke it into four different greens. So if you chose to, you could still play a six hole course and have um, a different nine hole course. There's a lot of variety. The biggest green is 3,200 square feet. And then the other three are in the range of six, thousand to, to 9,500 square feet. And then there's a rotation where it sort of feels like you're playing a, an 18 hole rotation. So we wanted to give it some connection to the 18 hole experience. Like this is how golf plays and kind of the rhythm of it. And you have uh, longer putts and shorter putts. So we wanted to make people excited to be exposed to golf, but start to understand um, all the nuances of, of what it means to be on a golf course. So that is kind of what drove the process of putting quite a bit of character into the putting course. And Clint, I hope you can get out there. I know uh, Vaughn Holliard from your yeah. board really um, is a big advocate for what the city of Bendorf has done and uh, had a chance to play it and, and, He's in the class with Brian where, you know, there really are golf course architecture um, aficionados where they really pay attention to what's going on and the historical sort of um, references and, and all those great golf courses. And certainly Iowa has those in spades where, yeah, um, in the history of the game and, and you know, Bettendorf's got a really rich history of um gene elliott you know and mm -hmm. state title winners and brian himself played on the bendorf high school golf team so that commitment to public golf and golf in iowa you know we're really carrying on that tradition with putting the forge into the palmer hills facility i was just gonna say uh paul's being really modest here uh i mean i am definitely a architectural um i'm super interested in golf architecture uh i love that part of the game um but paul as far as i don't think we could have ever picked an architect um that would have been better for our site than paul uh just because uh, with his collaboration allowing me to um, add some input and stuff like that because i usually come at everything from a superintendent side uh sure. of it but um but i do really love the thought process behind how to build it and and that sort of thing so paul allowing me to add my input i don't think a lot of architects would have uh, um would have been as uh generous as far as allowing me to have that input uh as paul was so um that truly made it really special on my part uh as far as the the level of 
um, excitement and funness uh, of being able to build this thing. Well, guys, a couple of things really resonate with me um, hearing about this is, is the flexibility of the of the of the course. Um, it sounds like you know I could show up three or four different times and play a different course almost every time. But like you said, you can split it up into a six hole or an eighteen hole routing. Um, that that's got to be kind of exciting, just just within itself. And and you mentioned this, it's public, you know, people can come out and maybe, you know, are new to the game or even like you said, the veterans that play all the time or all over, you know, they're coming out and enjoying it too. So that's, um, that's pretty exciting. I think just from a, from a golfer standpoint that, you know, you're, it's not, it's not, to me, it's not something like, okay, I I went and did it. I've seen it. I've, you know, okay, I've done it where it's like, Hey, I'm going to go back because I know, I'll tell you what, it was set up really tough last time. I want to see if I can, you know, if I can tackle it again and it, and you, and you know, it's going to, going to play a little bit different. Um, Paul, will you just kind of speak on, um, you know, being from, uh, Bettendorf kind of how, how much fun it was to, you know, th- this project had a, probably had a lot of special meaning to you, I bet. Yeah, for sure. Um, being from Bettendorf and then, as I mentioned quite a while ago, starting at Palmer Hills, right. I had worked at Crow Valley, on the maintenance crew there for, I think, six or seven years. Okay. I had caddied out there in the Quad City Opens, so I had that background. I, I, as I mentioned, um, Palmer Hills, I think, opened my sophomore year. Um, but because I was working at Crow Valley and everything, I was kind of more out at Crow Valley and, and didn't know Palmer quite as intimately as once I started working with Brad Peterson um, back in the late nineties, but it, it's just, you know, been really fantastic to work with Brad and Tim and just go through this transition and their level of commitment and just to see the golf course improve over that time. So Palmer Hills is coming up on their 50th anniversary and I don't know if there's any special observations of that, but I mean, you're really starting to develop a legacy and, and it's amazing how fast those 50 years have gone. Uh, Brian won an award for his environmental approach to golf, the golf course maintenance and, and what he's done. That was through the Iowa Golf Course Superintendents Association. And that's important to me that, that we recognize you know, managing the environmental impacts and do the best we can in, in managing this great natural resource. Um, and then just my friends are still in Bendorf. So my sure. classmates and um, Jeff Hill manages the forge. He's a younger brother of a classmate of mine. They call him Boomer. And I see Boomer when I go there and we Put on the course or play the golf course and uh, they have a major event called the Jamie Hill that is my friend's older brother who uh, passed away and then they do an annual event that's a huge thing for the city of Bendorf so it's like I get to check all the boxes uh, by participating and and I get paid for it so it's a really wonderful association for me and and one of the things that I really look to with pride that I've been able to work in my hometown community 
and do these great projects and uh, see Palmer Hills become this really great golf facility. Uh, Brian, can you kind of speak to, cause I, cause I know from my experience before the IGA, you know, working with the municipalities isn't always the easiest thing. So can you just talk about, you kind of, you mentioned that, you know, the city said, Hey, think outside the box. Let's, let's do some things. Um, kind of how refreshing and maybe kind of how fun that made the project. The city of Bettendorf, it has been wonderful to work with. Um, I'd say they're the, the, my best employer I've ever worked with. Um, I've worked at country clubs. I've worked at resort courses, um, in my time as a superintendent. Um, but the city of Bettendorf, um, you know, it goes back to Decker Plains philosophy. Um, he hire, hires good people to make good decisions mm-hmm. and, he stays out of the way. Um, he doesn't like to micromanage his managers. And he allowed us to really run with this project as well as the rest of the changes we've made to the golf course. He's never stepped in and, and really altered anything. It's uh, been a collaboration between Paul, uh, our head golf professional, John Waddell, and myself uh, for the most part. Um, we've been able to, you know, make all these decisions. So uh, the creative part of, you know, doing construction is probably my most favorite part of uh, being a golf course superintendent. Um, it's fun to also, you know, maintain the stuff, but um, the construction side just is another level of um, being able to create something that wasn't there before that a whole bunch of people are going to be able to enjoy for a really long period of time. Brian, uh, and I don't know how much you can share that where we're at on this, but can, what can you tell us about the, I'm going to call it the short course. Is it going to be all part threes? Is it going to be a mix of, you know, part threes and part fours? What's, what's that look like and kind of where, where are we at on that? I guess. Been designed by Paul. Um, so the, the design is ready to go. Um, the snag we ran into um, that we're currently in a holding pattern is due to uh, some safety issues with the driving range uh, okay. that we haven't been able to quite figure out. There are uh, solutions to the matter, um, but we have currently we have 50 foot netting uh, surrounding our driving range um, on the uh, west and south sides of the driving range. So, um, but balls can go over the top of the net. Uh, when they do go over the top of the net, they currently land in uh, native grass areas, uh, fine fescues, uh, but that is the current location of, or the future location of the par three course. Um, okay. The net uh, is located uh, in the back of the range, two hundred and. 25 yards away from the t-line um and with a 50 foot net it requires basically a 275 yard carry in the air with a driver or three wood um it keeps most of the balls in but not all of them i mean and we use a limited flight golf ball uh so you know safety you know that is definitely one of the the first things paul always stresses is uh, from an architectural point of view, is the safety of uh, everybody playing on the golf course. So 
we certainly don't want to have kids or anybody else out there on a short course that they could get hit by a range range ball. So um, we did a, a trajectory study uh, done by a company. They basically just said, if we want to keep 100% of the golf balls from going over the net, we're going to have to go to 150 foot netting uh, from the current 50 foot. Well, when you go from 50 feet to 150 feet, you're moving from wooden poles to engineered, uh, metal poles. Um, you're looking the investment just on the netting alone and and the poles was over $1.2 million, I believe. Um, so that's, that's currently a little bit of a snag in our being able to move forward with that at the current moment. Um, but luckily the design is done. So if we were to either get a benefactor or, uh, figure out a, you know, a way to get this done, um, because we are adding the first T program, uh, to Palmer Hills starting in 2024. Awesome. Um, so, uh, that's a great addition. Uh, we already do a lot of junior lessons, the, our pros, uh, John Waddell again, um, and his staff of, of teachers do a lot of junior lessons. Uh, we have two high schools that use, uh, use our golf course, Pleasant Valley and Bettendorf high school. Uh, so, I mean, it definitely, there's a lot of kids running around out here, um, growing the game and we'd love to add this par three course. Uh, we think it would be just wonderful as a teaching experience, uh, to be able to get kids and, uh, but the, Paul's design is fantastic. I mean, it would be really, it's going to be challenging enough uh, if we're, when we're able to build it for the better player to play with his buddies, uh, a six hole loop. um, uh, And I think holes ranged from, remind me if I'm wrong, Paul, was it about 50 yards, 60 yards to about 130 yards or so? Yeah, that's a ballpark. You know, we had a lot of variety, so 50 to probably 140 was the longest, but they, you know, each hole could be varied quite a bit. And and again, you know, it was a, or potentially a very dynamic project and in, in working with Brian in terms of using sort of template holes. Uh, and we actually were contemplating calling the golf course the Rota, and it would be based on the Rota golf courses um, for the British Open yeah. courses. We had, you know, we had some pretty nice character and the Brits green and, and different kinds of things. So it's it's exciting, but at the same time, you know, we don't have an unlimited site and the range, you know, certainly is a factor in there. So sure. that's still to kind of be determined. And we're really sort of in an era of, where those issues with range balls and things have only grown. And I know John well kind of anecdotally said, you know, he, after we had put up the range poles, he told one of his stronger drivers, you know, like, what do you think? And the guy grabbed a hybrid and flew the net and back. So, you know, (laughs) 270 is a long carry and I can't hit it over that, but you know, definitely people can. So uh, the city of Bettendorf made a wise decision and saying, you know, let's uh, put this on hold and, and see where we're at. And 
uh, the really the big bite of that level of netting. And people do it all the time. I mean, there are places that that's what it takes to uh, provide the safety that they need for for whatever it is that's adjacent to the range. But uh, I think that's down the road for sure. Okay. Well, it sounds like a, a stay, stay tuned for some more exciting news down the road for sure at Palmer Hills. Uh, guys, before I let you go, Paul, I, I didn't know you had caddied in the, the Quad City Open. You got any stories from that or guys you remember you caddied for or anything, anything you want to share or I guess can share? Yeah, I mean, I do actually. And so, I mean, I was just, you know, a punk kid, uh, I think 10th grade or whatever. And we'd get out of school for a week. So it's like, you're going to make few hundred bucks and and there was a guy on the driving range that just constantly was hitting balls and I wasn't a super avid golfer or anything but it stood out and finally I just said who is that guy and it was Tom Watson oh wow and it sort of speaks to you know the level of commitment you know and everybody would say Tiger Woods you know huge hugely naturally talented but I mean it (laughs) those guys are you know, working at their craft day and night. So it it jumped out at me and and that story stuck with me. Um, Bob Fry was the pro and mm-hmm. my buddies and I, one time after getting done caddying, you had to park remotely and we said, hey, let's just grab a golf cart and drive to our car. And <laughs> I think those were, you know, Bob Fry's, I don't know. I mean, you know, he has a, he's invested in that and he saw sure. us pulling off in a golf cart and ran us down and said, don't, ever, don't you ever do that again? And so, yeah, it was uh, quite the introduction to golf and the guy that I caddied for um, Dick Hendrickson, he shot a 67 on the last day, I think my second year caddying. So he, he won more money. So then I, it took, couple months but he sent me another check because of based on his earnings and i was super excited about that and then he did really pretty well on the senior tour so it was fun to watch him but that was hard work i mean their bags are heavy and and, uh, number 12 at crow valley par five uphill man you dogging it when you were (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> carrying a bag up that and i was like 90 pounds you know <laughs> in the in the midwest heat too right yeah exactly you know yeah. 90 something yeah you could get to the tea box to get water you know but yeah so caddian's tough work for sure but it was yeah. a great introduction and then i ended up working at crow and now i get to and i used to when i worked at crow valley you know i would design changes in my head when I was out on the grounds master and just envision what, what I could do without knowing that I was going to end up doing that. So pretty fortunate to get to go to that place where I could design golf courses and golf holes and work with great people. So it's been fantastic. Yeah, you bet. Well, guys, I appreciate you taking some time to to talk with us. Uh, Paul, always good to see you at the, the turf show. And Brian, if you get over for that, I'll, I'll reach out and, and introduce myself, but uh, thanks for coming on. And uh, we look forward to seeing you down the trail. Yeah. Appreciate it, Clint. Thank you, Clinton. Yeah. We'll be there at the uh, Iowa, Iowa show. So uh, look forward to meeting you.
Awesome. Take care, guys. <laughs>